Good morning. Please take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, please. Ephesians chapter 4. We are in Ephesians chapter 4, and in this section, we will be looking at um, the topic of unity, the topic dealing with unity, unity especially uh, in the church, or the I like to describe it as the family of God. The kingdom of God, the assembly of, of God's people, the community of God's people. That's what I like to describe it as. I describe it as, as that because I believe that we are all part of this community. We are all part of the kingdom of God. And in this kingdom, in this community, in this family, we must learn how to relate with one another. And I think that Paul, especially in this section, who is the writer of this letter, and remember Ephesians is a letter, and this 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 letter he he uh shares with us those things which God, I believe God wants us to know know and that God wants us to apply in our lives and he wants us to use to relate with one another on how we're to relate with one another you know each and every one of us especially now i'm going to bring it all the way down to the level of a family unit where there's a father and there's a mother and not you know i gotta always keep in mind not every family has a father not every family has a father and a mother i should say and and oftentimes it's just uh uh one person who's heading the home it could be the female, it could be a mother or a guardian and so forth. But I'm just talking about those those traditional, uh, what we, we commonly think of traditional families that are headed up by uh, husband and wife. As a husband and wife, especially in our case. And that's that, you know, in our case, there's there's a husband and there's a wife. I'm the husband and I have a wife. And I have children. You know, in a setting like that, there are roles. There are there are roles that we have. There are things that we have to do, duties that we have towards one another that we have to keep in mind on how to relate to one another in these roles. And they have been clearly uh, identified in the Bible. You think about the first couple, Adam and Eve. Man and female. God directed them on how to relate with one another as husband and wife. Well, in the family, it's the same way. And even if the the family is different than ours, and using, you know, I'm kind of walking away from the model of a husband and wife like ours, uh, if there's one individual and, and or, or well, one. Of, I'm talking about a, a family. When I'm talking family, I'm talking about normally uh, more than one person. Say, for example, there, there. You know, clearly there needs to be some um, identification of the roles, the duties, the responsibilities, because 
Otherwise, there will be chaos. There will be a lot of problems that will arise that are not really necessary. And not only that, God has given us a sort of a, a uh, blueprint on how to relate with one another, how to, 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 to treat one another. And so we could, we could be in a place that we can truly glorify God. And really, that's what I'm talking about here. And that's what I think Paul is talking about. And he's, he's trying to show us how we can, we, can, we can relate with one another in the kingdom of God as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the home or wherever we may be. How to relate with others. God has placed many of us here in this earth. We're not an island to ourselves. We must learn how to relate with each other. You know, I have to admit, especially lately, uh, dealing with the repairs of our home. I mean, there's, I have, I'm meeting people that are coming into our home to fix our home. Uh, this one gentleman who's from Russia. And this is, he's, 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 his name is, my, I'm not going to say his name. I shouldn't say his name because people will be listening. But I got to admit, this, this, this man, he's probably about 70 years old. I would imagine right now at this stage, and he just moved over here from Russia. Maybe he's been over here now about 10 years or whatever, but he has started up a business, and he has started up a business with his family. And his son, he and his son, they come into this home, into our home, and he has blessed me in this home. I mean, and he has, he has considered me a blessing to him, which I was, I was, I was of course, excited about, especially when he found out I'm a Christian. And, you know, I didn't even say anything. He just knew I was a Christian, which was interesting because he was looking around, I guess, and he, he saw the Bibles that we have in our home. He saw all the things that were signs of a Christian. And he just looked at me. And he just, out of the clear blue, he just looked at me one time. He said, Dennis, you're a Christian, aren't you? And I was like, yes, sir, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And he's just like, brother. And he, he just hugged me. With this big, great hug. And I was just like, oh, yeah. He's like, I'm a Christian, too. And he just he gave me this history of why he's, he's a Christian, how, how he became a Christian, and how he's been blessed from coming from Russia and his family. And he's just, oh, it was just, it's just, you know, that's brotherhood. That's the brotherhood of being a, you know, that's what Christian, Christ, Christianity is all about. Wherever you go, when there's another Christian especially, consider him or her your brother or your sister. Amen? So I know that's, that's a lot right there, and I normally don't go that far, but I just I want to encourage you as Christians to, to understand that you're not alone. You're not alone. There are times you may feel like you're the only one who's a Christian, especially in this day and time, but you're not. You're not alone. There's Christians everywhere. And trust me, wherever you go, God is faithful in bringing other Christians into your life that will encourage you, edify you, and be willing to walk with you as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, let us read. 
Again, Ephesians chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. He's talking to you, the Christian. Paul, here, in this letter, he's talking to us as Christians. He's urging us. Basically, he's begging us. He's pleading with us. And I'm pleading with you as well to live your life in a way that is honorable, that honors God, that glorifies God. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Just as I have told you before, you have been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You are and you belong to God. He considers you his child. He considers those who believe in him as children of God. And he has deposited in each and every one of us the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ. And we must live our lives in a way that reflect this. Urge you, pleading with you to do this, please. Verse 7, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts, gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. This is what Paul is stating here. He's talking about no other person than Jesus himself. It was he, that is Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity and faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching. And by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is head, that is Christ. Glory be to him. Glory be to God. He is faithful in this and in, in, in all that he does. And he will do all that he has planned and all that he has purposed from the very beginning, before the, even, before the foundations of this world was even laid. 
God will complete all that he has planned and purposed for those who are in Christ Jesus, united with Christ. Do you believe? Verse 16. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Notice that. As each part does its work. It's important that we as members of the family of God do what we're supposed to do. And that is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love each other even as we love ourselves. Be willing to give of ourselves. There are going to be times where I, as your father, I'm going to ask you to do things that you may not want to do or that you may feel that is, that is uh, not as important. But do it anyways, out of obedience to God. If you can't do it for me, do it out of obedience for God. Knowing that and trusting that whatever God, whatever position God places you in, what, whatever he, he, whatever, wherever you may be, whatever your circumstances may be, he is there with you. And he loves you. And he wants the best for you. And that God makes no mistakes. And that his parents, your parents that he has given you, is the best for you. That goes for wives as well. That goes for husbands. That goes for all of us. We have to always believe that in every circumstance, in every situation that we're in, we're in it for a reason. And it's a divine reason. It's a divine purpose. It's from God. Now, I could go on. And Paul continues to go on. And he continues to, to try to drive this home. The same things that I'm saying. He's trying to drive it home. He's urging. And I'm urging. I'm begging you. I sound, I know, very loud and very just enthusiastic and just, and I, know, I know. But you know what? This is in my heart. And it was in Paul's heart as well. It was in Jesus' heart. And we, we have the spirit of Christ. And we just want so badly for you to, to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. This is what being a Christian is all about. Being with each other and, and, and sharing with, with one another. The sufferings, the pains, the good, the abundance that God has given us, especially in Christ Jesus. He always provides for us. I thank God for all that he does and all that he provides. And I hope that you do too. Amen? Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, Lord God, bless you once again. Thank you, Father, for your word, written word. Thank you for the words that you had poured out in Paul. The message that you had given him and that he was able to give it to us. And, and that we have it with us. We can always refer to it and we can use it. And I pray more than anything, Father, that we apply it in our lives. And that's what I want for us. And I'm sure that's what you want for us. And so I pray that we would. In Jesus' name, I ask and pray. Amen.